Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue with a new Maribel Blue Unfiltered, the business coaching edition. I want to thank all of you for taking the time out and listening to this podcast. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're not, welcome back. Welcome one and all to Maribel Blue Unfiltered. This is not only reality TV. Remember, everybody, I'm doing a whole bunch of different types of segments to keep it interesting, to keep you engaged, and most importantly, to keep you on your toes. So this is the business edition. And today's episode, we are going to talk about five reasons why you should listen to liars. Yes, it's not what you think. So pay attention. I took weeks to put this together, to finalize the details, to do my research, to get everything right. And I'm hoping that this will help you in your business endeavors to be able to succeed. And most importantly, to watch those snakes out there, because when you're succeeding, you've got the snakes coming at you from either side, basically just wanting to take your money. That's what it all comes down to. So we're going to talk about that and lots more right after these messages. Hey, everyone, it's Maribel Blue talking about Surfbox today. We have a lot of new spa boxes and today on sale, the mini box. This is a very small box with three items. It's great for a Mother's Day gift. It's great for gift giving to your friends. It comes with a personalized note card. All you have to do is note in the instructions what you'd like the card to say. Be sure to shop servebox.com. That's S-E-R-V-B-O-X-X dot com. Before we get started with the show, I want to play a song from a very good friend. His name is Shimko, and the song is called Go Crazy, Don't Mind If I Do. Welcome back, one and all, to Maribel Blue Unfiltered. This is the Business Coaching Edition, and I'm very excited to share this podcast with you. It has been really a, um, I wouldn't even know what to call it exactly. It, it Not a work of art, but I really put my blood, sweat, and tears into it. 
because it is important to me to let people know when you're getting ripped off, basically. I've seen it time and time again, and I'm actually tired of it. I'm tired of the whole people buying into scams and gurus and all of this bullshit with money and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? I've had enough. And it's time for me to basically speak out on this insidious behavior. So let's get started. Recently, I've been listening to a I've been listening to an array of inspirational speakers. One of them being psychologist Jordan Peterson. At first, I was afraid to say his name because or disclose it because I know there are people out there. They're so ready and waiting to lift any information that will make them seem like they're powerful and they're speaking from their own creative energy and they're not, which sucks, but it's true. So I figured, you know what, let me just share it because I think that Dr. Peterson is one of the most powerful speakers I have ever heard in the world of psychology. And I know that a lot of people don't like what he has to say, but that's because a lot of people are very much into their feelings. They need their binky. They have to cry to their mommy. I don't like what's going on. My feelings are being hurt by the chalk that's on the sidewalk. I mean, I'm, I'm being exaggerating or what I should say is I am exaggerating. However, this is what a lot of our society has come to. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want their feelings to be put into place. They want to be coddled. They want to be held. They want people to say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And you know what? When I was growing up, life wasn't like that. Life was about constructive criticism. How can you be better? Not that you have to be perfect, but if you made a mistake, what was the mistake? How can you improve? And it seems that you can't tell people that because they don't want to be in their feelings. They don't want to be hurt. They don't want to cry. They don't want to be criticized. Oh, you're making fun of me. And that's not even the case. The case is, is that there's a reason why people say, here's a, a, a roadmap for you to improve because they want you to be better. When you coddle somebody and you, you take in all of that bullshit, you're not helping them to learn. And that's probably going to be for another show, but Basically, that's my spiel on this whole culture people that are into their feelings. If you are into your feelings, perhaps this is not the episode for you. That's another reason why I bring that up. And of course, bringing up Dr. Peterson and the things that he says, very, very powerful. I'm going to actually quote something that he said 
that had me thinking about this particular article. I was at a crossroads. Should I do a podcast? Should I do a a write-up on it? And I figured, let me do a podcast because I don't think that people will be able to grasp what it is that I'm saying via reading it. It was important for me to do it as a podcast. So let's begin. I'm going to quote what I, what I heard from Dr. Peterson in one of his, his YouTube speeches. It isn't hierarchy, it's ethics that determines success in a functional society. It's ethics that determines success, not power. You got to be awake. If you're in a system, there's going to be some corruption in it. There's always going to be a corruption in a system. Your job is to keep your damn eyes open and your mouth speaking the truth. So when the corruption starts to take root, you object to it. So the whole damn system doesn't turn into a pathological power play. The rest of it is a bloody lie, but that doesn't mean all of our systems are perfectly ethical. Take that in for a minute. When I first heard these words, it made me think of recent events which occurred from my own personal opinion, two unsavory characters who began like some sort of ruse. You know the details. I don't need to go into the details. I have a good friend, as most of you know, Mistress Rage. She was in my last podcast. We were talking about critical thinking and how that basically affects your decision making. And we always talk about how we fail to police ourselves. Our habits of relying on others have become greater instead of seeking the information and understanding what we are reading. The attitudes of, I'll listen to them because they're the quote-unquote experts, are the many reasons why we allowed ourselves to get screwed. And what defines an expert? An expert is a person who has studied a course or a method, primarily in college, where they have read, explored theories, and may have tested those theories to find answers to recurring issues. An expert can be a doctor, a scientist, a psychologist, a financial person. Think about people that have been in a certain field for quite a number of years and have studied to work in that field. Even a person who is an FBI agent who's a criminal profiler, those are people who have become experts in that particular field. And when an investigator or detective needs help to solve a crime, these are the the experts that they will go to. They're not going to go to some random person on Twitter and say, can you help me profile this criminal? You see where I'm getting at. We'll take this for example, like this whole idea of this word that I have seen floating around for years now, sexpert or marketing guru. These words are used to anyone 
who feels they have mastered the idea of sex, like without much of the hard work. With that being said, anyone can be a sex expert or a marketing guru, especially if you didn't study in that field. If you're just on YouTube reading about SEOs or how to give the best blowjobs. I mean, it's it's kind of like a self-implored name. And when you give yourself name like that, you can't be upset over another person using that same term, if you will. And this is the part that may hurt people's feelings. But again, this is my own personal opinion. These terms are not a real thing. It's just a word created to elevate oneself into having their peers believe they know something far better than you. So let's get into the five reasons why we should listen to liars. One, learn how to listen to details. When I first got clean and sober, I remember listening to people with years of clean time thinking, oh my God, this person is the best person on earth. And I want to be just like them. This is, this is where my mindset was. And while there was nothing wrong with thinking that way and looking at a person as a powerful mentor, the issue was that while they sounded powerful, most of them actually were not living the words that they shared. People who lie have a terrible tracking record of what they lied about. So therefore, if a person is really listening and following a person, they will see the inconsistencies of what a person is sharing or doing. Liars have the inability of being consistent and mostly going for what they think is trending or perhaps they saw a person discussing something and then they took that and made it their own. Constantly switching personas or even connecting with others who are just as inconsistent in their business, you will find the old saying, birds of a feather flock together. It's true. There are people who work hard and those people will recognize your hard work so they can ride off your coattails. Always pay attention. That's number two. Back in the day, when I was living in, in New York, in the Bronx, my friends would invite me to these seminars. And a lot of them were mostly coworkers. It wasn't anyone that I was super close with. Because during those times, I would work these different temp jobs. And it was easy to do that because you really weren't committed to a company if you were there for a week, two weeks. I mean, some temp jobs even lasted for a couple of months and you were working through the agency. So it was awesome to have that leverage to be able to do what it is that you want. So a lot of the times I met these people through temp jobs and I really didn't know them very well. And I didn't take the time out to know everyone very well. And I would get these invites from them. Oh, do you want to make extra money? I'm going to the seminar tonight. I've been there before. Why don't you come and have this experience? And I'm like, okay, I'm not really thinking anything of it. 
the first time, at least. <laughs> when, you, when you get these invites several times, then you become fully aware of what's going on and you decline and say, nah, I'm going to go home. But thanks anyway. At first, when I was invited, I was under the impression I would be learning something to be self-employed. And when I got there, of course, it was an entirely different story. They would have the the self-employment opportunities. They would have a screen going with like crazy ass music. And you see these different slideshows of people who claim to have made millions of dollars in a short period of time. And they own a mansion. And I mean, it, it's just insane. So these self-employment opportunities, so to speak, are also known as pyramid schemes. And they're made with a promise, quote unquote, if you put in the hard work, you can be a multimillionaire within months for the low fee of $4.99, $499, that is, not $4.99. When I first heard this, I found it hard to believe that someone like a scientist would throw away all of their years of education to sell laundry detergent to their friends. And within a few months, they're driving a Lamborghini, along with their multi-million dollar home with the big fountain out in the front. You've seen those homes. <laughs> and when I sat there, I said to myself, this doesn't make any sense. And I will tell you, these people, the people that hold these, these pyramid scheme seminars, they're so quick to point out the person who doesn't believe them and pull them aside because I've had people come to me. Oh, well, what's the problem? Why you don't want to make this investment? Blah, blah, blah. It's just a whole bullshit thing. I would tell them, well, like, why is it that I have to spend $500 on something that's not really in essence mine? So you're saying that for $500, you can give me all of these products, and then I have to go out and resell this shit for a higher cost. People are trying to save money, especially now with the pandemic. People are, are very choosy about how they are spending their money. So even with the idea of selling laundry detergent, which is a need, people are not going to spend X amount of dollars just on laundry detergent. And also, you're not going to get rich from your friends. Let me say that again. You are not going to get rich from your friends. There are friends who will not support you and not even recognize that you have your own business. And it's sad in the sense because I'm having that experience where my friends that I have known for years never said congratulations on Servebox, never said anything to acknowledge that I have a business. And that's not to say that I expect for them to buy a box. No, but to even say congratulations, it doesn't cost much to say that. I'm just saying. So getting back to the whole thing of why is it that I need to invest my money into something that doesn't belong to me? 
Here are some questions that you should ask yourself. If someone tells you take out your money from there and put it here, how quick are you to do that and why? What are your concerns? And do you have a right to be concerned? I remember one time when I was in college still, back in back in the Bronx, of course, because that's where that's where I went to school. Sometimes from your student loans, you would get money back, like whatever the difference was from the school. So that if you if the school already took the money that they need for your courses, they just basically give you the difference. And in that difference, that helped me because I was able to buy books or anything that had to do with the class that wasn't part of the course payment, out-of-pocket expenses, basically. And it also helped me to get there because I was physically going there. My school was downtown in Manhattan. I get this really large check, and I'm excited because now I could get some books. I can pay off some bills. And I made the mistake of sharing it with somebody, sharing the information, not the money, with somebody And the first thing that comes out of their mouth was how I should fork over that money to them as an investment towards my business. Of course, I didn't, but think about how quick that person was ready to scam me for their own benefit. Like not even thinking bills have to get paid. I have to get school books. Rent has to get paid. They were only thinking about themselves because they only heard the money. And not too long after that, I disconnected myself from this person because I realized what they were after, why they had befriended me in the first place. The other part of paying attention is what people are trying to sell you. Every day there's a sale on Twitter. But if you're buying into that sale, what are you getting in return? That's not to say that every sale is a scam, but notice who wants to be your friend when you are making real money. Notice how somebody would come out of the woodwork and suggest maybe you need to revamp your business or I can help you with SEO for a small fee. I mean, why? If your business is lucrative and you're looking at ways to monetize or be informed, not everyone is schooled in how to help you for your business to grow. And also, if it ain't broke, why fix it again? There's nothing wrong with wanting to upgrade or revamp. But if you're not in a situation where you have to right now, then don't. The changes in social media are occurring so quickly. And for anybody to tell you that they can fix your algorithms or they can make it go away... The algorithms are constantly changing. Do you want to know more about algorithms? Watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix because it really goes into depth and detail about 
the addiction with social media and what that does to people. It's a very serious thing. For people to believe that they can get around certain things or think that if they spent an exuberant amount of money, they're going to be like in number one on, on the Google search. It, it takes a lot. Think about the business that you're in. Also, it all depends on what type of business you're in. Everybody's out there trying to market themselves, trying to sell something. And the fact of the matter is, is that while everybody can have the same product, it's the person behind the product that's going to make the real sell. So think about it in the sense that sometimes SEO alone is not going to be enough. Maybe it will help, but just not by itself. And when you're listening to people discuss certain attributes, because they're telling you they've had this high success rate, but there isn't proof behind it. That's also something that you need to pay attention to. Here's the third thing. Liars don't care. Have you ever gone to therapy and after several sessions, did your therapist stop you and say, you know what? I don't care. Get out of my office. I don't want to hear you anymore. People in business, people who have been a practice of business management and ethics follow through. They just don't forget about you. If you're part of an email list, chances are you will get emails on new products. If you made a recent purchase, you may get an email asking how your package was. Did it arrive in order? Were there any issues? It, it all depends on, on what it is that you are selling. Me, I'm talking about more in, in, in my serve box business. I always follow up with people. How was your order? Did it arrive safely? Was everything intact? They'll send me pictures showing me how beautiful their box arrived. And it has made me happy. Uh, David Hunter, uh, who I interviewed recently with Michael DeCrow, they both were so ecstatic with their boxes. I mean, David has said several times he saw the meticulous and the care that I put into the boxes that I made for them. And even Michael DeCrow said in his interview that, uh, well, no, not in his interview, in, in a video that they did of their unboxing about how I paid attention when he said, here are the things that I'm looking for that may make a great gay box. Yes. People who care, listen. People who lie, don't. They don't care about you. They don't care about your needs. They don't care about your success. They only care about how they can line their own pockets and how they can use you for that. That's what it comes down to. The other part of it is that making bizarre excuses when they've been had, you know, or, or found out. Then they start making videos, crying videos. Oh my God, it's it's just that I'm just trying to help. I'm being helpful. Boo! Like, the whole crying bullshit doesn't work. A perfect example of that is Jacqueline Hill. And I did a show on that. 
with the lipstick disasters. Again, people who care are meticulous. They want their customers to be happy and most importantly, to return to buy more products, whatever that product may be. While a person who is unscrupulous will do this for a short time in the long run, the unethical shortcut will always win. Four, no excuses. Going back to Jaclyn Hill for a minute. When the lipstick disaster happened, the first thing she did was shut down the site from anyone making any more purchase. But that didn't stop anyone who received theirs in their PR and had a chance to review it on YouTube. Two things happened. One, Jaclyn Hill got backlash. And two, so did a lot of YouTubers for trashing her and the lipsticks. Even though Jaclyn Hill came back with a video explaining what had happened, the fact was the damage was done. Yes, while some people did stand by her because she does have fans, the back and forth banter from other cosmetic peers within the industry were not so happy. They were calling her out every chance that they got. They were trashing her. Even those who are behavioral, if I pronounce that fucked up, I'm sorry, experts, they, they even jumped on the bandwagon of what is a liar? Look at, look at the, the hand movements or the eye movements. They all jumped on the bandwagon too for that, just to get their voice heard out there. So Jacqueline Hill was pretty much trashed in every way possible. Look, at the end of the day, no one is perfect. Have the best entrepreneurs made mistakes? Hell yeah, they have. Even some have lost businesses, but you know what? They're still here. They're still standing. They are still going strong. Take, for example, Sir Richard Branson, right? He has built many of things but he has also lost many of things. He was the creator of the Virgin Megastore. I'll never forget that store. It was always in there, right there on 14th Street, Union Square, my favorite place in New York City. <laughs> I wish I could have gotten an apartment and lived there. Maybe if I did, I wouldn't have left New York. But he is a perfect example of having seen success, having seen failure, and still being successful. Not that I'm aware of. I've never seen him go on YouTube, crying his eyes out, making excuses as to why he failed his customers. People who lie, when they get caught in their lies, they do this because they are only trying to gain your sympathy so they can get your money because that's what is about for them. Their sole commitment is your money and nothing more than that. So it's easy to get on YouTube or to do a video and put on Twitter and cry your eyes out and make all these claims on how you're trying to help people. If you're trying to help people, there wouldn't be that many mistakes. Am I right or am I wrong? And it all comes down to number five, commitment. A commitment to your customer is a forever thing. Commitment is built on trust. Trust 
is what makes that commitment stronger. When someone falls through, how does it get fixed so the customer feels they are worthy of your business? In other words, suspend their money. Because, right, you want the customer to come back. If I messed up on a box, let's say a box was shipped and something spilled. What's the first thing I'm going to do? I am going to ship a new item to that person at no cost because it's a standard. It's a given. If you go to a store and you buy a dress and maybe it's three sizes too big and now you need to go back to the store and say, hey, I bought the wrong size. I'd like to exchange it for this size or I'd like to return it. If somebody's returning something, usually you will ask, is there a problem with the item that we can fix for you? That is good customer service because you want the customer to feel that they are important. And in essence, they are because they are the ones who's making your business, correct? The bottom line is you are in a relationship with your customers. When you open the doors in the morning and that first customer walks in and they are greeted with kindness, that customer will remember that and come back. The same way if you open up a store online, you want to ensure the pictures are inviting and the descriptions are detailed so your customers can make purchase purchases quickly and flawlessly. Again, even though they're could be issues that would arise from, again, a, a, a different size, a wrong size, a package spill, what have you. There are ways to correct it and not tell the customer and turn them away and say, well, that's your problem. If you got it like that, blame the post office or no, because after that, that person is not going to want to come back. And in addition of them not coming back, they're going to tell all of their friends, don't shop there because that person doesn't care about you. They don't care about customer service. When an unethical person seizes an opportunity to take advantage of that commitment, it usually shows fairly quickly. They won't have time for a commitment because if you're not ready to fork over your money, it's time to move on to the next person who will. Always remember, if something doesn't feel right, listen to your gut. People who care about your success are people who want to be successful too. It's a two-way street. There isn't a hidden agenda. On a personal note, I'm very careful about who I speak to, especially when it comes to my businesses. I only share with people who only want the best for me who will tell me maybe this will work, maybe that will not work. I don't readily share things on Twitter that I know could be taken by somebody else. But I've also noticed that people who have taken my ideas have executed those ideas poorly. So I sit back and laugh, see what you get for taking something. Because at the end of the day, we are all unique in our own way. When we take something from somebody who has poured their heart into a specific idea and you take that, it's not the same thing. It really isn't. I'm going to leave you with this because this was also something else that I heard 
from another YouTube video that I was watching is about a man talking about somebody who was his mentor and they told him, everyone is born unique, but most people will die a copy. Ask yourself, how do you wish to succeed and who will help you in that journey? This is Maribel Blues signing off. Always remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and most importantly, take care of you. Bye, everybody.